The following is a paid program, and the views expressed are those of the hosts and guests and do not reflect the opinions of WPTF or Curtis Media Group. Information provided is of a general nature. Listeners seeking specific advice should contact a licensed professional in the appropriate area. Welcome to Heart Health Radio with board-certified cardiologist and internal medicine specialist, Dr. Franklin Weefall. Heart Health Radio, Heart Health Radio, oh, 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 hearthealthradio.com, Heart Health Radio. Heart Health Radio is meant for information purposes only. Before taking any action, talk to your doctor. Well, I think it's just a tad more than just entertainment or information. This is a little bit of fun didn't I as just, well. Didn't I just hear you in my car on the way in here? Yeah, I, I work a lot. Is this making your heart, heart great? The odd thing is, these basketball nights, and to explain, this radio program could have been on in the afternoon tomorrow. And in fact, we're going to be on by, by virtue of a rerun of a previous show but here's the thing we all woke up this morning we thought we were doing a show friday night because it was a conflict with basketball long story short they moved the basketball game time start time is now four o'clock wptf has the ability to just simply put us on the air now Mm -hmm. or tomorrow and this is by the way i'm not brian kilmeade okay you're not Brian Kilmeade? I'm not Brian Kilmeade. Okay. I like Can't... Brian Kilmeade, but I'm not Brian Kilmeade. Right. <laughs> He's, you know, it's funny. He's written a couple of books. Yeah. And, it, you know, I'm very impressed. But everybody on Fox, I swear, they're selling steak knives. You got a, you got a book collection. You're doing whatever. I don't think they pay him well enough. Mm. Uh, they, everybody's I think, got I a think side hustle. Okay. I think we got to get Kilmeade to have us on the show. Yep. Yep. We got to be their their go to heart health people. All right. On tonight's show, we are going to talk about COVID. We're going to talk about lots of other things, but we've got to talk about Google firing their unvaccinated yeah. workers. I, I'm surprised there are any. Um, when you look at Google's demographics mm-hmm. in terms of politics, they're, I mean, they're communists, socialists. <laughs> okay. And so I don't know why they would have hired anybody who, who would not get the vaccine. Right. I mean, it just doesn't make much sense. Now, do I think they're doing the right thing? No. I have never been in favor of vaccine mandates, right. at least uh, not now. Um, and I, I, I'm not talking about vaccine mandates for the tried and true. Yeah. Now, I believe that these are great vaccines, that everybody should get them, mm-hmm. um, especially Moderna and Pfizer. You know, the FDA has now come out and said you should not get J&J. That's, we'll talk about that that's later. That's bad I think news that's, for J&J. I think that's a mistake. Okay. Okay. Um, but um, I believe in these vaccines. Do I know for sure that they're going to have a safety profile extending five, six years? No, I don't. Okay, And this is the main reason why I think vaccine mandates uh, should not be done. What they should have done, instead of having, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger saying, you're stupid if you don't get it. That's a direct quote. That is. And I think it's, I saw Fauci today, sort of, you know, rolling his eyes, saying, yeah, the reason why we're all getting sick is the 50 million people who won't get the vaccine, and uh, there's no reason for them not to get the vaccine. Instead of the stick... 
We should have had the carrot. And what these yeah. people should yeah. do is explain why it's a good thing. And one of the problems is that when you beat somebody over the head constantly, yeah. you know, the shillelagh, you know, those, I mean, I remember. Uh, those Irish things. I yeah. have a shillelagh. Dad's, dad's yeah, Irish. If you don't I, do what I that. say on the next show, I'm In, beating you with my shillelagh. The, the uh, North Carolina comparison is the switch. Oh, the yeah. the piece of piece of a branch. Well, uh, you know, m- uh, my friends and my kids went to Catholic school. Oh, yes. And it used to be the nun would come out of the closet and hit you on the fingers <laughs> with the ruler. <laughs> Remember those wooden rulers that had the Wait, metal no. spine on them? Well, why was she in the closet? Uh, you never know. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, what they should have done was taken some time, like we've done on this show. Yeah. To explain what the vaccine have you ever, is. Have you ever heard Fauci say, now this is mRNA. Yeah. It is the genetic blueprint for just the spike protein. There's nothing else on there. Mm-hmm. It gets into your body, doesn't last very long, yeah. and it uses your own cells machinery to make only one thing. That's hmm. the spike protein. Then, you know what happens to the mRNA? I don't know. It gets eaten up yeah. and destroyed. Now, people say, I don't want genetic material injected into my body. You know what he should have said? What? Then you better not ever get bitten by a mosquito, okay? All right. You better not have a fly land on you. Yeah. And they say, well, you know, it's dangerous. Right now, there are viruses entering your body. Right. Injecting their DNA, and in most cases, RNA, into your cells. It's a fact of life. We have DNA injected into us and RNA injected in us virtually a million times a minute. There are these viruses all over the place. Right. So that could have been a launching point for the discussion of how theoretically the vaccines are safe. Right. What they could also say now is that we've been giving these for a year Uh and we see no systemic health problems as a result of the vaccines. Now, we could also say, yes, it's true. There are a very small number of people who have had a bad outcome from mm-hmm. the vaccine. Mm-hmm. So the J&J, we've had clots. Now, what they haven't said is that the number of clots in the J&J, suppose you have 10 clots. Well, those who didn't take the J&J in the same percentage mm-hmm. would have had nine clots. The number of extra clots is one in 100,000 over... Right, what we expect people to get clots anyway, and and that's the way you do science. Right, when people say, "Oh, you know, so and so collapsed and died nine minutes after getting his thing," right. you know, I I don't want to diminish anybody's death. Right, but you're aware exactly. there are people dying all the time. Well, we have talked about this before, and and you know, um, Tucker Carlson, yeah. I think, did a great disservice when he said that 30 people are dying every day after they get the initial vaccine, okay? Well, that's the time we were giving 3 million vaccines a day. Right now, it's about a million a day. Well, if you look at the statistics and the numbers, 7,800 people die every day in the United States of America. Okay. You know, mostly natural causes, quote-unquote, heart attacks, strokes, murder, whatever, uh, drug overdoses. So if you look at 3 million, we have 300 million in the people, I mean, people in the country. Yeah. We would have expected 75 deaths after the vaccine, one in 100 less. 
All right. 7,500, 75. So you could have made the argument if you were stupid that, hey, <laughs> the vaccine is preventing 45 deaths. Doesn't make any sense. We need people to calmly and honestly explain. Right. Sure, there have been five or 6,000 people who've had allergic reactions to mm-hmm. the vaccine, who've had clots and died from the vaccine. Um, that gives us, out of 400 million doses given now, a risk of 0.005%. That is less than the risk of being struck and killed by lightning, way mm-hmm. less. Mm-hmm. It is l- way less than the risk of winning the lottery. Yeah, okay? well. I mean, I'd love to win the lottery. Sure. But you ain't going to do it. If you plan on it, uh, yeah. you might as well just throw no? your money in the toilet. Now, I also tell people who are afraid of the vaccine, and I don't blame them. I say, look, I don't blame you for being afraid of the vaccine. I mean, the president of the United States, while he was campaigning, Joe Biden said, I don't trust a vaccine that was developed under the Trump administration. He just said that. That was yeah. in the middle of a debate. Yeah. And so there is so much being said on the Internet that is false about the vaccines. I mean, remember that lady who got into the congressional hearing and put a, uh, a key on her neck and said it makes you uh, magnetic and the key <laughs> falls off. Um, so I don't blame people for being afraid. But right. what we should have done is not hit them over the head with a shillelagh and tell them they're stupid for not getting the vaccine. They're not stupid for not getting the vaccine. They haven't heard from someone they can trust why it makes sense to get the vaccine. Or they're just going to say, I can survive this. Yeah. There are okay. a lot of 20-somethings right. and who are saying, I'm not getting right. this. Right. And I think that the way you talk to them about this is that it's not just for you. Mm-hmm. When you've been vaccinated and you get the the virus, you mm-hmm. are much less likely to transmit it. Mm-hmm. So you can look at it from a totally selfish point of view and say, hey, you know, I'm 20. Mm-hmm. I want to get it because um, the chance that I'm going to die is just about equal to the chance of a bad outcome from the vaccine. That is true. And right. I mean, that is very true. Really? Okay. Kids, five-year-olds. Yeah. Um, I would vaccinate my kids because I think that it's worth it, uh, right. that that minuscule improvement in survival. Also, they have a, a much less chance of actually getting it. If they get it, they miss school. You know, it, it's a, they, they feel sick. So, yeah. you know, we're not preventing death with kids. We're preventing transmission from kids to other people. And we're also keeping them in school because they don't get sick. Yeah. That's how I look at it. Um, but the, the biggest issue, and I think that we really haven't communicated to the young people, yeah. is that, number one, yes, you will not die, most likely. I mean, the, you read about it. It happens. It's extremely rare. Right. But you won't be sick. At least there's a great chance you won't get sick. And listen, COVID is no fun. Yeah. I mean, for people who get symptomatic COVID, it leaves your sense of taste and smell, yep. severe headaches, severe body aches, hacking coughs, and then you recover. Sure, you recover. But if you get the vaccine, there's about a 70% chance, less chance, that you'll get it and get sick. Yeah. So that's a reason to get it. But another reason is your grandma. I mean, the grandma issue. You know, you're going to go see your grandma, and you may be one of those slightly ill or asymptomatic people who carry the virus yeah. and give it to grandma, and grandma's 75 with diabetes and obesity and high blood pressure, she could die. Right. So there's lots of explanations that just aren't being given. 
I wish we could get a lot of people to listen to our show. Because I'm not mad at people who refuse to get vaccinated. Right. I understand. But we haven't had enough time. And the powers that be, Fauci and Biden, all they do is excoriate the people who won't get the vaccine. Right. They don't take the time to explain, like I have been trying to explain, that it is safe, it is effective, uh-huh. it is good for the country, um, it is not going to make you magnetic. Uh, the chance that it's going to hurt you is less than winning the lottery, less than being struck and killed by lightning. And then the other thing I tell people is that you drive a car. Mm-hmm. You do. Yeah. Everybody just gets in the car and turns the key, or in my yeah. in my situation, I push the button. You yeah, push the button, put it on the brake. Okay, what is button. your chance in a lifetime of dying in a car ride? I want to know what you think. I don't know. One in a hundred. Really? Yes. One in a hundred people in this country will someday die in a car wreck. That's the truth. If you don't believe me, wow. Google it and look it up. Now, wow. that makes your daily trip a very low risk. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But you think about it. We don't think twice about getting in the car and driving to where we have to go. Now, right. my brother got killed in a car wreck. Oh, he was my. 31 years old. Yeah. And so I have a distinct um, experience with losing a loved one in a car wreck. That doesn't mean I don't drive, but it does mean I put on my seatbelt. Yeah. I am alert. I don't drive drunk. And when you think about it, those are basically vaccinations against getting killed in a car wreck. Sure. Now, are there risks of putting your seatbelt on? Yes. I know people who won't put it on because they're afraid. If they crash into the river, they won't be able to get their seatbelt on. Yeah. Now, does that happen? Hmm. Yes, it happens. Extremely rarely. I've had people who say if I get crushed yeah. and they want to extract me, it's going to be harder for them to extract me with a seatbelt on. Is that true? Sometimes it's true. Um, and so, yes, I do understand. But if, you, if you've if you listened to our show, you understand I have no vested interest. I'm not paid by Moderna. Yeah. I'm not paid by Pfizer. Yeah, good. Um, and I, please, think about it. Go through the, the, the loops and get your vaccine and get your booster. All right. We are going to talk about health care in general, quality of health care, and the fact that cardiologists, a lot of you guys are, are thinking of quitting. Oh, yeah. I've thought of quitting many a time, especially when I had to come on the show yes, yes, and that's explain when, to David yeah. once again that the heart is a pump. You know? It is a pump. Uh, yeah, it just drives me crazy. All right. And there's a... A sad thing out in a story about fentanyl. Now, we're not going to do the entire hour on drugs. I, 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 I want you to know that we're not going to do an hour on drugs, but maybe just a couple of minutes. That's coming up on Heart Health Radio. This is Heart Health Radio on the Heart Health Radio Network, and our telephone number is 919 919- Eight six zero nine seven eight three. You can debate the doctor on the yeah, whole and, vaccine but you know thing. What? If we debate, it, I'm yeah. not. I'm never going to make you feel bad. Oh, I, good. I respect everybody's opinion, even good. if I disagree with it. I'm going to. What t- I try to do yeah. is nicely give my point of view and try to explain. Then I try to listen mm-hmm. and then explain why I disagree. There's never a situation where I'm going to yell at you. I mean, I think Dave sometimes can be very, very tough yeah. to deal yeah, with. Yeah, I am. I've never yelled at him either, yeah, you know? So what can I do? That's good. 
Listen, uh, cardiologists are thinking of quitting. We're, yeah, one you in three. You guys have got it good. One in three. Well, one yeah. in three. We used to have it good. Okay. Okay, so I started in this business after I finished up at Duke in 1991. Uh-huh. So the 90s and then, they call it the noughts, the 2000s. Sure. yeah. Were the greatest times to practice medicine in this country. Let me tell you why. All this new stuff was coming out. I mean, yeah. I was there at the beginning of the statin era. Uh-huh. I was there at the beginning of stents for heart attacks, Yes, which we didn't do and we didn't have statins. I was there with ACE inhibitors for heart failure. Sure. I mean, it was wonderful. But you know what made it great? What? We saw our patients. Yep. We made some notes. They paid us because they trust us. Trust That's nice. Us. Yeah. And then we could spend 20 minutes with a patient, not sitting at a computer. There were no, I mean, there were PCs then. Sure. But the, a PC in a patient's room? No, it wouldn't God have that. forbid. And then having to have your notes done. Nobody had by, a. Cr- you know, being by Big Brother sitting there, standing oh there. You're not going to get you paid if you don't have your notes, 95% of your notes done by the end of the day. That's true. Right. And so it was fun. I used to think to myself, I can't believe they pay me to do this. So they the the notes, the paperwork it was January first, two thousand and ten. No idea why that time Obamacare is Obamacare kicked in that. Oh, time. is that what it was? Now you may think Obamacare was just, you know, the the insurance you could get online. Okay? That was subsidized. No, that's not what it was. Obama said that he would pay for Obamacare partly. By taking back the money from us crook doctors. We were taking money for things we didn't do. Okay? So, for example, there is a code for a level four office visit, which had, you know, certain things you had to do. You had to look at four different aspects of someone's health. You had to make, you know, changes or suggestions on those four things. Yeah. And then you had to, you know, document your prescriptions and stuff like that well that was pretty easy in the day but now i mean i'm telling you if you don't have a six seven page note where you have discussed in detail on the note yeah that you did all this stuff they take your money away and when you're audited it's a very tough audit because it's not it's not an audit by physician yeah it's an audit by somebody who is quote unquote trained as an auditor they do little check marks. Okay, yes, he checked off hypertension. Oh, yeah. wait a minute, wait a minute. Yeah. He didn't make a change. He didn't say that the meds were good. Oh, that doesn't count. I'm serious. This is how it is. So if they audit 100 charts and they say 15 of them were no good, yes, they will take 15% of your money back that they gave you last year. Mm-hmm. Okay, That's a substantial amount of money. Sure. And what they do is... They take it out of the forward payments. So they just stop paying you mm. until that 15% is taken up. It's very stressful because I don't want to treat a note. I don't want to treat a computer. Right. I want to treat a patient and be there and be present, yeah. not pounding away at the computer, looking at the computer screen. And that's what's happened. Okay. So Obama said, for example, um, there is uh, incentive. For the doctor just to cut your foot off instead of trying to save your leg through mm. medicines. He, he'll just say, your foot's about to fall off from gangrene, cut it off. And Obama had the nerve to say that we get $80,000 for an amputation. Mm. You know how much you get? No. 800 bucks. Really? That's all. So nobody sat up there and said, you know, I don't know where you got this from, Mr. Obama, but it's a lie. Right. And so 
the other thing that happened is that people thought that we were crooks. I mean, they said, wait a minute, if this, we can pay for insurance by taking back people's money. Now, Medicaid went on a rampage, yeah. 2010 to 2015. They hired a bunch of auditors. Now, these were separate companies. Yes. And they got paid only on a percentage of what they took back, oh, right? So right. I got audited by Medicare because they said that I was a high producer and therefore I couldn't be doing what I said I was doing. They shut my practice down for two days. They brought a good cop, a bad cop in. They took pictures of my office. They interviewed my people and said, does he really do this? Is this a lie? Um, they, they said, oh, do you have a crash cart? I said, did have a crash cart. They went through all the, you know, the drugs. They even knocked on patients' doors and asked them, did he really do this? Did he do that? Wow. So I passed. Guess how much money they got back? I, Zero. Why? Zero. Because there was nothing wrong. I didn't do a darn well, thing. You didn't wrong. have to pay back. I had anything. to pay zero. Oh, that's good. So you know what Medicaid stopped doing? Yeah, audits. They cost them more money to do the audits <laughs> than they got back from crooked doctors. Now, did you just see that thing where the, there was a crooked doc in North Carolina? Yeah. Who got a hold of Medicaid numbers? Yeah. And claimed that he did all these um, uh, mental health visits? Yeah. That's a crooked doc. You're right. Okay, fine. Does that taint all of us? No. And so it became very onerous. I had a patient just last month, mm -hmm. and she said, Dr. Weefield, I know you stopped my eloquence. That's a blood thinner. Very expensive. Uh, but her insurance paid for it. She says, but I went and got another month. And I said, why did you do that? Well, I knew you needed the money, so I knew you were going to get paid <sighs> if I got it. I said, wait a minute. I don't get a kickback on my medicine. She says, yes, you do. That's what everybody says. Um, that the reason why you um, prescribe all these expensive medicines is you get your 20% cut. It we're was bad. It's bad. And and, and that's not And true. so we're tired right. of this. Okay. Yeah. We'll talk more about this. I've got a story. I've got a family member who was in ICU for an entire day, and I saw what you just complained about. That's coming up on Heart Health Radio. Now back to heart health. Have a question for Dr. Weefall? Call 919-860-9783. This is making, sorry, making your heart health great. You didn't tell me we were on. Yeah, well, I said put your headphones on. Oh, geez, you embarrassed me. We are on the radio for you. Your number or to call us is 919-860-9783. Dr. Franklin Weefald, Dave Alexander, He's the cardiologist and internal medicine specialist. I'm the guy who went to disc jockey school and but thought you know that what? it was a listen, good thing. We're all worth it. Yeah, we're There's, all worth it. Listen, yes. cardiologists can do some things, but you know what a disc jockey does? What? Makes people happy. He does. He does. Make someone happy. Do you ever get a dream, and in the dream, you're doing cardiology stuff or surgery? Yeah. And you can't move your hands. Yeah. Or oh, you, my gosh. It's the, You have the bad cardiology dream? Oh, yeah. The bad the, cardiology dream is I can't get the pacemaker wire to go in the right place. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. And you know what? Hmm. That never happened to me. Well, I was so adept. Yeah. You know? Oh, you were? Yeah. Well, what would happen is uh, I'd have a guy in the next room. He's a good friend of mine. Yeah. And he'd be 10 minutes into his case. And I was a jerk. I'd walk up and I'd wave through the window. I'm starting. I go in, whip, 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 15-minute, 14-minute case. Walk out. He's halfway through, and I'd wave again. <laughs> now, I was very adept, but the dream, the dream was 
I can't get it in. I can't, can't get, get this wire in the right place. Yeah. And, and then the worst thing is, what's happening? People are laughing at me. Yes, yes. And then the second worst thing is, can we get that guy next door to come finish your case for you? Wow. Oh, that's a bad, but you know, that it's anxiety dream, but you got to have some sort of, of um, check mm-hmm. on the concept that, you know, you can do it. And I think if you don't have a surgeon who thinks he can do it or he yeah. thinks he's the best at it, that would scare me. Don't you want a surgeon who's real confident? Yeah. You know, you don't want to be, and there's a difference between confidence and overconfidence. Right. So anyway, I just going on and on. The bad disc jockey dream. Uh-oh. No kidding. Is it's waking up next to we no, fall. No, you can't. You can't <laughs> no, that would be a terrible That's dream. That's a terrible dream. Um, no, it's you can't get another record ready and the other record is running out. Oh, okay. And you you just go from and then the record that you just got ready and you push the button and it's playing is suddenly two and a half minutes. And you've got to find another song. Yeah. And you put it on. But what about did you ever get you know, when I was a kid, hmm. the records would skip. Yes. So you'd have, I yep. want to hold you, I want to hold yep. you, I want to Did that ever happen yep. to you? What I had was the, the, the old, I mean, if we're going to talk about it, might as well <laughs> jump into this. Hey. In the old days, you would have records. And in order to identify where the beginning of the song was, you would have to turn it on but and you'd rock it back and forth. Like a well, DJ does now. Exactly. Well- the rocking back and forth will destroy the record, especially on a 45. So what I would do is I'd have to talk over the part of the scratchy record, okay? It's the intro, the 12 seconds where the it's just a piano and no singing. And I, I would be talking, pretending that nobody else heard yeah. the white noise oh sound. Gosh. Anyway, let's talk about uh, cardio. No, not cardiologists. Generally, the healthcare industry. Yeah, you feel good about it or bad? Uh, I feel great about it in yeah. the sense that we're saving lives. Literally, we yeah. are advancing uh, science and knowledge, um, but we're losing something. We're losing the humanity part. Mm-hmm. Um, there is one medical, and I don't know these people. You heard of one medical? No. Opening in North Hills, and I'm going to check them out. Yeah. It is a national chain of primary care, and it is mostly online. Wow. And it, you walk in, and it's all technologically based. Um, you probably won't see the physician there. You'll be plopped down in front of a screen, and you will see a physician remotely. I think that's terrible. Yeah. Um, you know, I think that what I do, in terms of the technical aspects of medicine and cardiology, yeah. stents, pacemakers, getting those things done, stress tests, are secondary. Mm-hmm. Because what I try to do is impact someone's life in a direct way. The, the communication, the sense of sharing, yeah. sitting with suffering, um, making people feel like somebody out there cares. Yeah. That's what I do. And that's what a physician is. That's what a doctor is. But now it's become, oh, yeah, in your iPhone, you're going to get a, let's say, say practitioner. They don't say doctor. Yeah. And the practitioner is going to tell you what to do. Well, right. That's, I don't want to tell someone what to do. I want to say, look, you have chest discomfort. It's right into your left arm. 
and your jaw, you have shortness of breath, you have a family history of heart disease, I think there's a very good chance that you've got a blockage of cholesterol that's not letting enough blood get into your heart and you're feeling it. Yeah. We've got to find out how bad it is. We've got to find out what medicines to give you. And here's the thing. Hmm. If we do that and we work together, there's a really good chance. I mean, a super good chance. You're going to get better. Yeah. Now, you know, you talk to a computer screen and you talk, you know, you, you fill out, oh, that's the great thing. They hand you an iPad. Yeah. And you check what you're feeling. Okay? okay. Chest pain. Yes. Shortness of breath. Yes. Is there a, is there an investigation into exactly the nature of your discomfort? Uh, what makes you short of breath? Is it walking up the stairs? Is it no? It's a checkbox on a computer. You can't ever help somebody right. if you don't hear the story. And you know, we just talked about stories on the radio being great. Stories in the doctor's office. That's what it is. It's the interpretation of stories. And that's what I do. And I hate it because we're getting away from that. But I refuse and there to change. And there are mm-hmm. a lot of doctors who are not. Do I use technology? Heck yeah. Sure. The technology is there to make that storytelling and interpretation of stories better and easier to document and transmit. Mm-hmm. You, know, you know what I do a lot in the office? Hmm. I Google something in front of the patient. Now, it's unbelievable. You used to have to have these special databases to find information. You know that Google has a copy of the Internet, and they update it every day? The hmm. entire Internet. And I can actually say, what is the dose of Dapsone in tuberculosis? That's yeah. all I got to do. What yeah. is the dose of Dapsone in tuberculosis? And it pops up. But you get a reliable source. Right. Right. You look at it and you make sure. Now, the first thing that comes up is an advertisement for Dapsone. Yes. <laughs> okay, that's how they make their money. Yep. But it's amazing what technology can do to help. Right. But it, it can't replace that interaction between two people or more than two people, the family. Yeah. I tell you, I love it. Yeah. When these old guys show up with their wives. Really? I'm going to get the real story <laughs> from the wife. Uh, this is not sexist. I think that wives and women are much more honest about how they feel. Uh-huh. Men got to be tough and rough, <laughs> and there's nothing wrong with me. Okay. So it's communicating. It's, it's that sense of one heart yeah. touching another one, and we've lost that. Yeah. Why? Because you are now controlled by a hospital uh, organization that's making you do a certain amount of work, and it's just craziness. I hate it. I I, there is a T-shirt online that one day my kids are going to buy for me, and it shows there's a stain on the lower right side. Uh-oh. It appears to be blood, and it's all over. I mean, it's like somebody really gotcha. Yuck. And the T-shirt says, I'm okay. I'm okay. <laughs> it's all right. I just I just scratched myself. Oh, it's okay. not, a, not a problem. Uh, Bob in Raleigh, welcome to the radio program. Hello, Bob. Hey, how y'all doing? Oh, uh, don't ask me good how that, I'm doing. It's good doing. that you're good. <laughs> I know. What's up? Well, number one, doctor, I had the bone marrow biopsy. Great. What did it feel like? I, I, yeah, he was on the he was on the but, show earlier, and I told yeah. him it was going to feel weird. Did it feel weird, or did it hurt? Listen, doctor. Yeah. I, despite my pre-op anxiety, yeah, this couldn't have been smoother. Great, good. I mean, I actually liked it. 
did they go in your hip or the the back flank of Just you know the, or did they go in your line. sternum into the ilium yeah iliac crust okay line. good that's the easiest way to do it yeah well anyway i mean i loved it did good. you get a result do do you know what's up yeah. with you well i'm proceeding with that okay but let me tell you i had this a and p i don't know if you're allowed to say names yeah, yeah. If as long as you liked him. Jamie, something like Benton. I'm not sure. That's okay. Yeah. This was at Rex. This was an individual, and I've been through a lot of medical people. Yeah. One of the best bedside manners ever. Wow. I actually enjoyed my experience. Yeah. That's a good fact, thing. I don't think I've had that much fun since my dad drove over the squirrel. <laughs> okay, so let's cold. just let's just take a quick explanation. A bone marrow biopsy is also a bone marrow aspirate. They've got to get in to the bone marrow. Now, what's the bone marrow? You yeah. crack that chicken leg, yeah, and or you get that big bone from the uh, butcher, and it's the inside that's the marrow. Yeah, okay, around in the inside of the bone. That's where the red blood cells, white blood cells are produced. So they got a problem. They think there's something wrong with the blood. They stick a needle, a very relatively large needle, into the iliac crest, which is that flange there um, at the bottom of your abdomen. You can feel it. And they get into the bone marrow, and they do two things. They take a biopsy, which is like a chunk of the meat. Yes. But then the aspirate, there's blood in the bone marrow, actually. So they take it out. Yes. And they can look at it under the microscope, and they can tell you if you've got leukemia, if your red blood cells aren't being made. There's something called myelodysplasia, where your bone marrow cells are just dis- they're just not looking right and they're not yeah. making enough blood. Right. Now, I, the question I did you feel the suction? Did oh you my God. feel that that sensation that something was getting sucked out of your body? Pretty much no. Really? The they must have Were you like out of it? Unusual feeling was yeah. the first introduction of the lidocaine. Okay. And yeah. once they went through the first level you know, going down more levels, uh-huh. no problem. I That's mean, awesome. Zero problem. That is awesome. But no, I'm so happy tec- for you. I have a technical question for you. Okay. You know, at my request, they send me the path report and everything, uh, which I've been through. The one thing I'm not clear on is uh, a minute, atypical T cell population yeah. of undetermined okay. significance. Right. So what that means, the T cells are white blood cells. White blood cells are part of your immunity. We've talked about T cells. There's all sorts of different types. There's helper T cells, which help other T cells to fight off infection. The T cells are kind of like the uh, super predators. They will actually swallow bacteria and swallow viruses. And then they'll use these things called um, liposomes, and, and they just blow up, literally blow it up. So what they saw was a T-cell that didn't quite look normal like you'd expect under the microscope. Now, Mm -hmm. that could be for a number of things. You could have had a slight infection, or you could just have some funny-looking T-cells. But they didn't look funny enough to be leukemia. They didn't look funny enough to be lymphoma. And so they said, ah, we don't know if it means anything. What that is is honesty. They're saying we saw something that was a little bit out of the ordinary, but we don't associate it with any disease. Well, so they're just going to say there's no uh, immuno evidence of B cell uh, lymphoma. Right. 
yeah. disorder. And what that is, they stain it. They take under the microscope and they smear the bone marrow and then they put a little glass slip over it after they put these little stains that actually glow in the dark. And then they see if there's glowing, uh, which would be associated with a certain type of lymphoma. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Pathology I didn't do too well in um, because I was interested in the living, not the dead. But yeah. it's amazing what the pathologist can come up with uh, in terms of diagnoses based on what they see under the microscope. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we had to get microscope. We had to buy a microscope in med school. You had to buy I one? I had to have my own microscope. Really? I only used it about 10 times. Well, my brother's a, <laughs> my brother's an auto tech, and he had to buy about $9,000 worth of uh, specialty yeah. tools. Yeah. So the bottom line, Bob, is you're okay? Great. Good. Awesome. Congratulations. Good to hear. Thank right. you, Bob. God Thank bless you. Thank you, too, guys. All right. Good. And, and Merry right. Christmas. Yeah, Merry Christmas. I'll tell you what. Um, you mentioned that uh, the Moderna and the Pfizer yeah. vaccines are, are are really good. They're awesome. I think okay. J&J is awesome. And J&J yeah. got a little bit of a downgrade from the CDC. And I think CDC? that was a mistake. You know why? What? Because it's, it makes it seem like, well, wait a minute. Didn't you tell us to get this? Oh, wait a minute. You paused it? No, he did, yeah. And then you re- restarted it. And now you're saying don't use it? Huge mistake. What they should say is the J&J is safe. Yeah. There is a minuscule risk that you will get a clot. And the risk is for every 100,000 patients. Right. One extra person would get a clot over those who didn't get the vaccine and get clots. It's extremely small. They shouldn't have done this, in okay. my opinion. Okay. Okay. Don't have the medical board call me and get me in trouble. I mean, it's my opinion that they should have just said, it's a great vaccine. It prevents you from getting COVID to a high degree. It prevents death to a great degree. Yeah. Watch out. There's about one in 100,000 chance of an extra clot. We do know of a vaccine that's not working well Sinovac. at all. And you can go ahead during the next commercial me- message yeah. and wonder, where did they make that medicine? That's coming up <laughs> on Heart Health Radio. Well, you know you make me wanna kick my heels up and down. This is Heart Health Radio. Dr. Franklin Weefald is shouting out who? Dr. Christine Hancock. She yes. is a physician who has uh, blown the whistle and blown the whistle on one of the things that we're doing wrong in terms of the COVID pandemic. Mm-hmm. And that is we're putting off care as elective when it's not. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. If someone needs a pacemaker, they need a pacemaker. If someone needs is in severe pain and can't walk, they need right. a hip replacement. Right. And we're seeing so many people who are afraid to go to the hospital when they're having chest discomfort because they don't want to get COVID. And then they're coming to see me and they had a massive heart attack and are now in heart mm. failure. And so Dr. Hancock has pointed out that the victims of the pandemic are not just those people who've gotten COVID. Right. By the way, we've looked at this, by the way, we've talked about it. We've scared people from going to the doctor, scared them away from going to the doctor. And they, we put off things, uh, chemotherapy, radiation therapy. Can you yeah. believe it? Yeah. And we've got to stop this. We've got to recognize that this is a pandemic and the way we're treating it in the United States of America is that we're 
not closing down, at least I hope not. We're not incarcerating the positives, which is ha- which th- that is happening in other countries. You right. are incarcerated yeah. until you turn negative. Um, and instead of the carrot, telling mm-hmm. people the benefits and explaining why the vaccines work, we're using the stick. You're stupid for not getting the vaccine. It's just craziness. Well, but but she's pointing out. She's pointing out that the collateral damage is not huge. from COVID, but from the shutdowns. Right, and that's why I'm shouting her out because we need more voices like this. Yeah, um, and the one of the things that I think we we've scarred a generation from keeping them from school, mm-hmm. from advancing the knowledge and we already have problems with our students not being at grade level and not being at grade level compared to other countries right and you know the countries that beat this taiwan which you never hear fauci say the word taiwan never because then he makes his chinese friends all upset yeah they never shut down school yeah they didn't because they recognize you know listen i'm chinese i don't ever think when I criticize the People's Republic of China, that I'm racist. I mean, I'm not racist against my own people. I'm half Chinese, okay? So if I were anti-Chinese, which half? Upper, lower? Yeah, above. Right, left? Yeah. I don't know. But what I'm trying to say is that Chinese people also value education. They realized that you can't right. stop and, and you know put the kibosh brakes on education. It's so important. So we've got on the we've other got hand, collateral damage with students, right? Collateral damage with other patients who deserve the care. It's not just the COVID patients who deserve the care. We can do both if we're smart, and we haven't been that smart. There is a vaccine. Chances are you didn't get it. I hope S- not. Sinovac, Sinovac. I don't call it Sinovac. But Sinovac. Anyway. The, yeah. the 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 syllable sign. Yeah. Typically means Chinese. Yeah. Sinovac has been uh, yeah. 2.3 billion doses. Yeah, it's terrible. Have been received. Yeah. And what? It's not working? It doesn't work well. I think it's about 40% versus 80% reduction yeah. in hospitalization. Um, it, it doesn't really work that well against oh death either. Right. And um, it doesn't do anything to Omicron. Okay, so that was the biggest thing. They, they, and again, I may be wrong because they've only tested whether the antibodies in a test tube neutralize. Uh Yeah. So the people got Omicron. No, I'm sorry. People got the Sinovac. They drew their blood, spun out their antibodies, and tested whether they would neutralize the spike protein. In other words, make it not infective. Mm -hmm. Didn't work at all. Oh boy. So when you look at Pfizer, when you look at Moderna, and and they work. Um, yeah. Not as well. Ninety um, percent neutralizing for Delta and a hundred percent for you know the Wuhan strain. It's about sixty to sixty seventy for Omicron. So it, those are good vaccines, really good vaccines. And I think that uh, we need just get vaccinated. Don't believe what they say. Yeah. Okay. I want to tell you. I want to tell you a quick story. That yeah. Substantially um, agrees or documents what you just talked about earlier uh-huh. about documentation. Yeah. Okay. Imagine, well, you've been in the hospital for a lot. Yeah. But imagine your view of a hospital based on just television. Yeah. 
what they're doing, the nurses are mostly standing around, right? And they're, they're moving from patient to patient. And there might be one computer screen there. Somebody says, you know, I need to look this up. And they look it up. Okay. I was in the ICU of a major Raleigh hospital. Won't say which one. Yeah. I'm not saying the nurses were not doing what they needed to do. They were they, doing what they were ex- told to do. Exactly. And what they have to do. I counted 15 individuals, seven of whom were at computer screens. The whole time. At, at, at one time or another. One would get up and another would sit down. They, they had so many people doing documentation. It's crazy. It was okay that they were doing it because, you know, you have to document, doctor. Oh, no, I mean, that. of course. The you, stuff they have to document is ridiculous. No, I'm just, I'm just saying somebody's got to do that. But there's nursing, and then there's documenting. And right. I'm betting you, even the nurses, figure this is wrong. Well, and, you know, nursing now is documentation on the computer. Right. And then they have assistants to do everything else. I've got a, uh, we got a break. We're back with another hour of Heart Health Radio. The following is a paid program, and the views expressed are those of the hosts and guests and do not reflect the opinions of WPTF or Curtis Media Group. Information provided is of a general nature. Listeners seeking specific advice should contact a licensed professional in the appropriate area. Welcome to Heart Health Radio with board-certified cardiologist and internal medicine specialist, Dr. Franklin Weefall. Heart Health Radio, Heart Health Radio, oh, 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 hearthealthradio.com, Heart Health Radio. Heart Health Radio is meant for information purposes only. Before taking any action, talk to your doctor. This is Heart Health Radio on the Heart Health Radio Network, 919-860-9783 is our telephone number. Uh, usually, you can call us between noon and, and 2 on a, a Saturday, but the, uh, never mind. It's, it, we're on on a Friday night for a complicated set of things. Football. Our, no, no, basketball. Basketball. And and the game was supposed to preempt us I mean, on the Saturday. Don't you think we should preempt UNC Chapel Hill basketball? Yes, we should. Absolutely. All right. Kim in Raleigh is here. Kim, thank you very much for hanging on during yes. the news. What can we do for you? Yes, I listen to you every weekend. I love it. Great. I my weekend. So. I have been meaning to um, ask Dr. Weefault this question for a while, so now I get the chance. Um, I was diagnosed with polymyalgia rheumatica this year. Um, polymyalgia oh, yeah. rheumatica. I know all about it. Polymyalgia rheumatica. It's a, I know all a about type it. of an immune, autoimmune disease. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yes, and it's very, it attacks your bursa and your tendons, and it's extremely yeah. painful, and I am very stubborn. My rheumatologist wanted to put me on prednisone yeah. and um, hydrochloroquine, and I just said no. Okay. And I decided to be holistic about it, but, you know, it's awful. But anyway, my question is, um, I know it's an inflammatory disease, yes. and I have always, I'm 62. I'm in great health. I race walk eight miles a day. I have always had 120 over 70 blood pressure or less. Yeah. Mm. You, sound, I, you sound really healthy. Well, my top number is now like 140 or 150 over 70. Mm-hmm. And every time I go to the doctor, it's, it's frighteningly high and it's very scary. My second question, because I don't want to keep you guys, is that um, 
I've never had the COVID vaccine. Okay. And I am an art teacher. I teach privately. I have about 50 students. I wonder if I was exposed somehow last year to bring this on and maybe my immune system is an overachiever and it went into overdrive. Mm -hmm. Um, And could that be, I've heard the vaccine can also cause TMR. I don't know how much you know about this. Yeah, I do. I know a ton about it. Um, Okay. it, it is an inflammatory disease. It's, it yes. can affect the temple, temporal arteries, called giant cell arteritis. And right. it's it an inflammation hurt. of the arterial lining, but also of the um, connective tissue to the muscle. One of the ways that you diagnose it is that you, your thighs become weak. You have a great deal of difficulty getting out of a chair. Hmm. And then exactly. your bones ache and everything else. Can I tell you something? Sure. Hmm. It's amazing what prednisone does. I have had people who could not get out of a chair. Their heads would be pounding from the inflammation in the arteries. And then you give them a bunch of prednisone to get them over the hump Hmm. and get that inflammation down. Of all the rheumatologic disorders, autoimmune, giant cell, polymyalgia rheumatica, giant cell arteritis are the most responsive to steroids. And you, but the you, side uh, effects are horrifying. Well, no, no, you, you didn't let me finish. Okay. <laughs> okay. You That's can't hard. stay on the steroids for a long period of time. I haven't, I've never taken them. I deny yeah. them. But, okay. but, but let me just say this. Um, you don't okay. sound like you're debilitated. You sound like you've mm-hmm. got problems. But I'm talking about people who could not walk, who could not even, their, their thighs were so weak, they couldn't even get out of a chair. Yeah. I made them walk again. Now, there are all sorts of other medications that you start afterwards. Mm-hmm. But again, it sounds like you're dealing with your illness pretty well um, and aren't that debilitated. Now, let me talk I'm to you about... about the blood pressure issue. It's higher on the top, and I think that that might be more prominent with older people. They say that the, the top number being higher and yeah. the lower number staying uh-huh. the same. I think that's definitely secondary to your illness. Um, let me ask you a question. Have you had your antibodies tested to see if you have COVID antibodies? I went to Harris Teeter and I filled out the form and they're always too busy for me. So I'm going to. Yeah, I would. There's plenty. You know what? You go to Harris Teeter and get it done for 25 bucks. It'll just exactly. tell you whether you have them or you don't. So if you've never had the vaccine and you're, you're wondering whether you've had COVID, just go to Harris Teeter. 25 right. bucks. The pharmacist will do it in 10 minutes. And, and he or she, the pharmacist, will say, yes, you have had COVID. And then we can talk about long COVID. We can talk about the kinds of things that can happen. And an elevated systolic blood pressure is one of them. Another thing that happens is that you stand up and your blood pressure falls. And then another thing that happens is if you have an inflammatory condition, it gets worse. So there's all sorts of things that can be dependent on whether you've, you know, in terms of what we think about is whether you've got antibodies or not. And you can get that test at Harris Teeter. I'm not, I don't get paid by Harris Teeter. But Harris Teeter, for 25 bucks, will do an antibody test and tell you whether you've had COVID. But they say that maybe it's not always so accurate if it has been a while since uh, you have it, had It's pretty COVID. accurate. I think that it'd be very rare that you have okay. zero antibodies. I mean, how rare? One in 100, one in 200, that you've cleared your antibodies out of it. That happens, but I think it'd be very rare. And then we can talk about, you know, long COVID and what it means. Now, let me ask you another question. Okay. Do you take any anti-inflammatory medication, uh, excuse me, anti-inflammatory spices or herbs? Yes, I do. What do you I take? Such, 
smells nuts. And, you know, I'm just like you, and I smoked a lot when I was younger, and now I'm down to two a day. All right. I did yes. seven today. Good. Good Three puffs of seven, so 21 yeah. puffs. It's oh, wow. Yeah, I think it should not be by the number of cigarettes. It's the number of puffs. Exactly. Yeah. Um, what I am doing, um, because I was so adamant about taking the prednisone and the and the yeah. uh, all the stuff, so I I went on ginger turmeric tea. Perfect. I eat a lot of salmon. I eat I eat perfectly. Right, what, about, one, what about what about turmeric? Yes. Okay, good. So two turmeric, a couple of gingers, milk thistle, right? And are you staying away from sugar and white flour? No sugar, no white flour. Good. I eat spinach. I um I just am such a good eater, and I've always good. been healthy. I weigh 110 pounds. I'm Ooh. five foot six. That's great. I'm 62 years old. I am just. Yeah. Well, how bad are you off? I mean, what kind of things do you want to do that you can't do because of your PMR, polymyalgia rheumatica? Well, it's really weird. I mean, it's just like with the weather. Like yeah. this week. Oh, it gets worse with the bad weather. Woo. It's a roller coaster, and yeah. so I'm just hurting and. And I just, you know, you, you do the best you can. Yeah. Um, now, did you ever take ibuprofen? Because I'm a believer in ibuprofen. I, really, I, I, you know, let me tell you, I know that there are potential side effects, but I think if you're really, really hurting, and your anti-inflammatory diet and anti-inflammatory, you know, herbs and and spices aren't working, you can try two Advil, 400 milligrams of Advil, and 650 milligrams of Tylenol together. And that will help okay. relieve your pain. Now, do you want to do that so four I, times a day? No. But if you did that two or three times a week, I think that'd be fine. And I'm sorry I'm speaking over you. What did you want to say? No, 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 no. Yeah. I just, I had, um, I've never been sick in my life, and this year has been the worst yeah. year of my life. Yeah. I had diverticulitis in Ooh. October, and I've never had that. Yeah. And so now I'm worried, well, if I take yeah. what you just said, yeah. is that going to make Well, that see, worse? that's an inflammatory condition, too. Well, diverticulitis, for you don't know, there are little outpouchings in your colon, yes. and they're called diverticulae. That's just a little tiny pouch that comes out of the colon wall and goes outward. And you get bacteria in there, and they get inflamed. So there's diverticulosis. You've got the outpouchings. And then diverticulitis is when they get infected. So generally, we give Cipro and Flagyl to try and get rid of the infection. Very rarely you get an abscess, mm -hmm. but right. it's an inflammatory condition. So the other thing is when you get an infection, when you get a urinary tract infection, you're gonna hurt worse. Right. And why is that? Your whole immune system will get activated to fight the bacteria, but it'll activate other parts of your immune system. So I have, I have a lady with with autoimmune pericarditis, what does that mean? She inflames the saccharine Ooh. of the heart. And heart, you know, yeah. she never has uh, burning when she urinates, but she gets urinary tract infections. And the way I can tell mm -hmm. is her pericarditis comes back. Right. Treat her urinary tract infection and the pericarditis goes away. So yeah, you're doing all the right PMR. stuff. And, and PMR is an inflammation of your body. Yeah. Maybe that contributed to the, to the diverticulitis. Absolutely. But here's what I want to tell you, okay? And okay. you're not at that point yet. But if you get a situation where you can't walk and you're in severe pain and you want to get over it, yeah. um, or at least get, don't be afraid of the prednisone because it is not going to hurt you if you take it even for a couple weeks and then they'll taper you off. But okay. it's magical almost in what it can do to get you over a really severe episode. And then okay. you 
get off of it. And then there are all sorts of things, uh, these new injections that are uh, against autoimmunity, and they work extremely well. And, you know, get yourself to a great rheumatologist because he or she can guide you. Sounds like you're controlling it pretty well now. It's unpredictable. It's unpredictable. It may get worse in the future. But call us and give us a progress report on how you're doing. I will. Kim, so good to you. talk to you. Thank you. I love you. I, I just listen to you guys. Well, I love you too, but, you know, you're probably married, right? <laughs> no. I, I, my husband died two years ago. Oh, I'm oh, sorry. Sorry. I'm sorry. And I sent you a, I sent you a hello, um, Dr. Weefall, on your Facebook page. Oh, my gosh. Well, let me ask you a question. How old are you? She's 62. I'm 62 years old. Oh, you're I too young for me. Message. I'm sorry. You're too oh. young for me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I tell you, it's been great talking to you. And Thank call you, us back Kim. and let us know what's going on. Love you guys. Thank yeah. you. Great Love you. Mm, Maybe we'll get back on schedule soon. Oh, I hope. Yeah, we hope. Yeah. <laughs> Basketball. I think I think next week. Thank you, Kim. Next Basketball. week. Next week. I but think it's a regular. The season goes until March, right? Yeah, but uh, it's yeah. all right. We, it's all right. There, it, there might like, be six other. I like being on nights. any time of day. Here's the problem: yeah. is that I'm tired. You yeah, know, I got you. Know, I've seen 152 yep. patients this week. Yeah, yeah. That's and I start work at eight. I'm supposed to start work at eight. Sometimes I don't get there for a while. I finished up at 6 tonight, nah, 5.30. But all of a sudden, I'm here and I'm energized. Right, right. The, I'm energized. I know that you start earlier than that because... Well, I get up at 5. Well, yeah. here's the deal. Dr. Weefault starts to send me texts <laughs> early in the day when he's gotten up. He's sending me information for me to print out and, you know, we make a show out of it. Problem is, I had two days off in the middle of the week. Yeah, <laughs> he didn't know that, and he's. I my phone is like, Bing. How do you get bing. two days off in the middle of the week? I you just got to ask because I've got a one family member in the hospital, and the other one uh, going to physical therapy. It's, okay, it has to happen. Listen, yeah. I, I I want to talk about fentanyl in other yes, drugs. Yes, yes. We yes. want this to talk really about bad. Omicron. We also want to talk about something that you just told me about, which is called Lyme disease. Yeah, L I M E. Not the Lyme disease that people talk about when a bug bites you. This is mm. something different. And I think it's really cool, actually. Really cool. Spelled a different way. That's coming up next on Heart Health Radio. This is Heart Health Radio. And... You got you got a song you want to play for this for this? Uh... Well, it's a one of my old faves. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay, this is the cheesiest way to play music, by the way. Literally got his I got iPhone. my iPhone to the okay. camera. I mean, to the microphone. Okay, so Lyme disease yeah, spelled so, L-I-M-E. Yeah. So I get a text from a good friend. Yeah. And she says, "You got to help me." My uh, roommate is just freaking out. Yeah. And I said, why? She goes, well, she went to Mexico and her thighs look like this. <clears throat> and there's a picture and there are these streaks of dark and then a whole splash yeah. of dark yeah. on both thighs. D- dark like red? Dark red? Uh, kind of reddish, kind of, I don't know, brownish? Yeah. And kind of irritated. So, I, you know, 
I hate to say it, Weefy knows his stuff. He does, yeah. So I said, texting her back, says, "Did she? Is she like margaritas? Yeah. Does she put limes in her margaritas? Yes, yes. And she even, she even spilled one all over her lap. <laughs> no, yeah. So there's something called margarita rash or Lyme, L-I-M-E disease. Now, what is that? <laughs> Believe it or not, certain individuals, it, lemons can do it too. It's yeah. the citrus. It's something about limes though that's more frequent. And then you get in the sun. So you spill a lime yeah. on you, and then you get in the sun in Mexico, yeah. and it burns the skin, and, and not in a chemical burn, but it, it changes the color of the pigment. Yeah. And it's called margarita rash or Lyme, L-I-M-E disease. No kidding. Yeah, and the, the Lyme disease obviously is is a takeoff on, you know, the, the tick bite thing. But, but yeah, yeah. Yeah, and so it was pretty cool to be able to diagnose that just on the basis of a history. Went to Mexico, yeah. had some margaritas and limes, and then also had coronas and limes and spilled uh, yeah. all over her yeah. thighs. And the answer is it's going to get better. Now, I will say this. It's the sun hitting the skin yes. on certain people who've been limed, <laughs> who've had lime juice on themselves. Now, do not no. try this at home. No, and, okay? and, do, and do not diagnose someone on the basis of a text and a picture. Uh, wait a minute, I can. Okay. Dr. Weefald made the diagnosis. All right. And, you know, a little steroid cream, stay out of the sun. Yeah. You know, but anyway, it was a great diagnosis. And it's kind of fun because <laughs> here she is worried that she's got dengue. She's been Googling. Right, right. Yeah. Dengue fever, you know, all these crazy illnesses. Um, Zika. She was convinced she had Zika. Yeah. But I, I told her, you have Lyme disease. Wow. They're fentanyl. Yeah. It's Some a dangerous Bad thing. stuff. This is uh, just uh, a shame. Um, I'm seeing some people die. Um, not my patients, but people in Johnston County. Yeah. So we've made it very difficult to get oxycodone and Percocet, mm-hmm. and rightly so. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think there are indications for chronic opioids. I take care of a lot of cardiac patients who've worked hard. Their mm-hmm. backs are just a mess, and they can't stand it, and the, the con- pain is relatively well controlled. Well, now you have people who are on the street now, and you've always been able to buy oxycodone on the street. Yeah. Percocets are a big recreational drug for a lot of young people. It's a shame. Well, now... You can't get much for a Percocet pill anymore um, because there's so much else out there. And they've gone to heroin because heroin's a better high. Although some people still like to crush the oxycodone and snort it because it gets in the brain immediately. There are veins that go straight from the nose into the brain. Mm-hmm. Or not. Anyway, well now, because fentanyl is so cheap to produce, you don't need poppies. I mean, it's chemically made. It's easier to make than meth, way easier to make than methamphetamine. And they're 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 taking them and pressing them into pills, and they're even putting in the little indentations. You know, have you seen those on pills, right? Little indentations that yeah. identify. Yeah. And they're selling them as Percocets, and uh. people are crushing them. The problem with fentanyl is that, and it's it sometimes it's cheaper not to cut it. Okay, cutting means, for example, heroin. Or yeah. cocaine. Yeah. Um, it may be cut five or six times. That means that they take milk sugar and they mix it in and dilute out the amount of the pure drug. Sure. Well, fentanyl, for some of these guys, um, these drug dealers and these despicable human beings, it's cheaper just to get what you get and put it in a pill. Wow. And so these people are t- snorting pure fentanyl and literally cropping dead. 
right then and there. Wow. Because it's so powerful. So we've got to do something about it. Um, and I'm not quite sure what. The countries that have successfully decreased the number of deaths um, be like the Netherlands. And they have situations where addicts are monitored and given drugs and given the appropriate amount where they, they don't overdose and they don't die. Now, there is a moral objection to that. And the moral objection is we don't want to encourage drug use. They mm-hmm. have not increased the number of addicts, okay? They don't let somebody in to the program who is a fresh-off-the-street wannabe become an addict. Right. But the number of, of overdose deaths has dropped precipitously, and, and, and that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if we could ever get this done in our country because people were object. And I understand why they object. It is a tough, tough call. But in some places, there are, quote-unquote, safe places. Yeah, I hate to use to, that term to, because it, it's politicized. Right. right. But I think it would be a controlled um, substance uh, situation where people can come, and it can be an initiation into de-addiction. It can yeah. be an initiation into a program. But see, I think we try to get people off these things too quickly. Yeah. Okay? And so I want it to be in a controlled situation where we can prevent someone having to go to a street pill that may right. be pure fentanyl and kill them. And, you know, heroin is cut with fentanyl now because it's cheaper to cut with fentanyl than it is with milk sugar. Fentanyl is unbelievable. There was a woman who came in with some of the other illegal immigrants yeah. um, and had a box yeah. of fentanyl, pure yeah. She got it from the cartel, and she was a mule bringing it in. There was enough, and I, this sounds crazy and like we're exaggerating, enough fentanyl to kill every man, woman, and child in the United States of America by overdosing. Wow. That's how prevalent it is. It's everywhere. Wow. And, you know, some of the cops who go into these houses where somebody's overdosing and the EMTs, sure. they have to put, cover themselves completely right. in, in plastic or rubber cover their faces, put inhale masks on. What are they called? Where do they filter out? Yeah. Because some people, the EMTs have gone in and yeah. they've fallen over dead from an overdose just by inhaling what's in the air of yeah, fentanyl. Oh, man. It's really bad. Nothing really like bad. that involving uh, an occasional beer, right? Uh, yeah. I mean, you know my, my, my story mostly on all these medicines. I can still have a sip of beer in there. Oh, now. yeah. Yeah, Every okay. Now now. I'm, Every just, now now. I'm just double checking. I, I, I need a prescription for that. Yeah, absolutely. You just write it for me later absolutely. tonight. All right, we are going to talk about CTE. Philip it's a sad Adams, situation. Philip Adams shot six people yeah. and killed himself. We'll yeah. tell you his story in just a little it's bit. It's very sad. Also, weird headline, this common surgery lowered dementia risk substantially yeah in other words if you and it was has nothing to do with the brain they're not operating on the brain they're not but if you get this surgery for a specific thing which you're never gonna you you couldn't guess it in a million years if you get this surgery it turns out you have a lower chance of dementia um i don't remember who are you yes i know is your name jim yeah I'm telling you what. <laughs> I need the surgery. You need the surgery. <laughs> and you won't believe what surgery is. That's coming up at the show. We're also going to update on Omicron. 
I want you to tell me the statistics on on death in South Africa. That's coming up next. This radio program is called Heart Health Radio, and you can find it on this station next half hour. Welcome to Heart Health with board-certified cardiologist and internal medicine specialist, Dr. Franklin Weefald. Call us with your health questions at 919-860-9783. This is Heart Health Radio. Listen to Heart Health Radio and Apple Podcasts. Who does that song? Doctor, Doctor. The Thompson Twins, I think. Really? Yes. There's a couple of songs I'm going to throw at us in the next couple of weeks. I love that song. Um, You know, listening to old rock and roll, and there's a few of them with with doctor references. You can listen to Heart Health on Apple Podcasts or at hearthealthradio.com. Got a note from my daughter who is in the animal science program. She is actually a master's degree program in animal science. The receptionist at the animal science program at NC State, Jennifer, keeps stopping my daughter, telling her how much she loves this show for her. This is Jennifer. This is the receptionist in the animal science program. For her anniversary recently, she and her husband went on a date, and they planned it around our show. Well, I tell you, that's pretty cool. They they wanted didn't want to miss it, so they got their date either well, after whatever time. Yeah. If if one of you all decides that you don't want to, you know, put your date off Apple Podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Or hearthealthradio.com yep. or wptf.com. You can find us and hear us. But that is so sweet. You know, tell you what I'll do. What's Next that? time you go on a date, I'll buy you dessert. Just let me know when and when. Oh, uh, Jennifer, you just got, got some expensive dessert. Yeah. You know, you can spend upwards of $5 at some of the places I I get dessert, you know. Uh, former NFL player Philip Adams shot to death six people. Yeah. And then killed himself. And, of course, they did an autopsy. Yeah. The only way you can diagnose CTE. CTE. Yeah. Tell me what that is. Well, um, it's uh, traumatic encephalopathy. Okay, uh-huh. so that is when you have had multiple uh, traumas to the brain. And actually, some people have had it with only one major concussive event. And wow. it, it messes up uh, the nerve conduction by causing scar tissues essentially to form. And it is a behavioral issue. Um, this this person had been apparently a wonderful person. I mean, yeah. great teammate and great um, family member. And yeah. he just progressively became uh, sullen, angry, uh, yeah. not himself, quote unquote. And it is not a typical for people who are suffering from this uh, chronic traumatic encephalopathy to become violent. And uh, the problem is diagnosing it pre-mortem, and the the problem is preventing it. Um, I'm going to tell you right now, I love college football. Yes. But if I had a son, um, I would not let him play football. I think they need to get the rules changed. Yeah. Um, They have tried uh, to prevent using the head right. as a target to tackle, uh, to take people down. Yeah. Um, and it's just something that we've got to work on. 
and we've got to either design. They, they have better helmets. Yes. I think there are fewer concussions now. Right. Um, although you know, we need to look that up. Uh, I haven't heard as many about as many uh, concussions. I follow Notre Dame football quite closely because I used to be one of the team physicians. Yeah. And we haven't had as many concussions this year. I don't think I can uh, remember a star player being on the quote-unquote concussion protocol. You've heard right. that, right? Right. So, um, sad. Um, the guy killed six people and killed himself. Would he have done that had he not played football? No. I think that is a big issue. No. And we've got to do something about it. It is a terrible disease. And it brings up the other thought that you have you have talked about here that a lot of these behavioral things, a lot of the mental illness things, you people say, well, it's in your mind. It's structural. It's structural. Yeah. You've got a chemical problem or well, a yeah, physical I, problem. I, I, I want to start changing the concept of mental illness right. to brain brain illness. Because let me tell you, your, your personality, your emotions, they are a physical man. They're a manifestation of physical activity. Mm-hmm. Uh, Phineas Gage, you ever hear of that guy? No. Now, so Phineas was a really nice guy. This is in the 1800s. And, yeah. And he was a dynamiter, okay? Oh, so my. He, they would take big rocks that they were clearing out, they'd drill a hole, put dynamite in it, and they'd tamp them down with yes. an iron pole. Yes. So he was tamping it down. He's a big, tall guy. And the thing went off, blew up, went underneath his right eye socket and blew out the top of his brain. Like rebar, like a long The whole thin, thing went through. Like a spike. Right, through his frontal lobe. Good and he lived. Gosh. Oh, gosh. He lived. Yeah. Yeah. It, you know, just, he, he fell over and they carried him in as they used to do. And he lived. And, but you know what? What? Never the same. Of course. Mean SOB. Really? Yeah. yeah it was just the town meanie afterwards. Mm-hmm. And so personalities, uh, depression, uh, anxiety, these are physical illnesses. And we need to continue to progress and understand that. And that, that there are things that we can do in the future, I hope, better, right. is understand that and treat it as a physical manifestation of a, a structural problem. You want to talk to Dr. Weefault? Here's a number, and he's got some time tonight. 919-860-9783. 919-860-9783. What do you want to talk about? I want to talk about that surgery. Okay. Okay, ready? Yeah. Oh, yes. There you go. There are a lot of rock songs we've got this. All right. Anyway, I just Dr. thought I'd throw that in. All right. Doc, you do a goofy thing once, you're probably going to do it again. All right. This common surgery lowered dementia risk substantially. Yeah. They did, did research, but the surgery doesn't seem to have anything to do with your brain. Well, you know, cataract surgery. Wow. What goes in our minds has a lot to do with how the minds work. So if you've known somebody with cataract surgery, it becomes a point where you can't see. Right. uh, And everything's blurry. A cataract is a uh, uh, dense uh, accumulation of bad proteins in the lens of the eye. And they can take them out fairly quickly and easily. I mean, it's a pretty cool procedure. Right. 
And what happens when you can't see? You can't read well. Right. You can't um, see facial expressions. Um, you don't do as much because, you know, vision is the most important sense that we have, no matter what anybody else tells you it is. And I think that what this demonstrates is how our interactions, what we see, what we hear, what we experience, um, keep our brain healthy, right? So, yeah. I mean, if I sat in a room and just sat by myself because I couldn't see, I was half yes. blind, Yes. Um, I think that my brain would not be as nimble. Now, that sounds ridiculous, but I don't think it really is. Think about it. When you see something, when you interact with somebody, mm -hmm. when you read, your brain is functioning at a very high level. The neurons are firing back and forth. Right. And I think it's like your arm. If you sat there and had your arm in a sling, it would deteriorate. Yes. And your muscles would start to atrophy. And I think it, it sounds simplistic, but I think our brains atrophy when we don't have constant mental stimulation. And a lot of that is vision. So you believe. I believe this. That. It's not the surgery. It is the fact that these people who eventually needed surgery right. spent a long period of time not seeing well. Right. And and not interacting with their environment and other people. So if you have cataracts, yeah. talk about getting them fixed. Yep. Um, it's not an expensive procedure. You know how long it takes? Like 15 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's pretty cool. Go to somebody who does it a lot, though, just like any other type of surgery. Yes, yes. You know, I mean, let me tell you, just a sidebar, when yeah. medicine was crazy, um, yeah. Medicare used to pay $3,000 a cataract. Wow. So when I was first starting out, before Medicare cut back on this, um, I lived in South Bend, Indiana, and Indianapolis, we called it Naptown, was about <laughs> two hours away. Yeah. And Naptown is a huge place for medicine, okay? Yeah. I mean, it's uh, a major uh, area of referral. They used to advertise on TV in South Bend. Yeah. We will come pick you up in a limousine. We will drive you to Indianapolis <laughs> in a limousine. We'll feed you. We'll entertain you. We'll do your cataract, and we'll drive you back. I'm not kidding. Because it's It was so... $3,000 an eye. Wow. You know what it is now? It's a couple hundred bucks. Yeah. But, you it know It ought what? to be. Yeah. You know. It's like the Mohs surgery now. If you get Mohs surgery by a dermatologist... I had a guy. Wait, who, the restaurant? Welcome no, to Mo's. M O H apostrophe S. And what they do is they slice a little bit of skin off. Yeah. This dermatologist look yeah. in the microscope, slice a little bit of skin off. It can be useful when you have a major reconstruction. I had a guy came in today who had a huge cancer uh, between the nose and cheek area. Yeah. They did a Mo's to find out that they got it all. Yeah. And then they reconstructed his face and it looked pretty good. Yeah. But you know, if you have a little, if you have a Mohs on your arm, excuse me, a little cancer on your arm, yes, that's small. They're doing Mohs surgery on that for six thousand okay. bucks. When all you really have to do is cut the skin off, yeah, cut around it and sew it back together. Now I'm going to get in trouble with the medical board for criticizing dermatology. I am not. Okay, I'm just saying that you know when you have a hammer, sometimes everything looks like a nail. Yeah, and so you know they've cut back. I can guarantee you, as soon as they cut back on the reimbursements for Moe's, they're going to start going away. All right, I'm going to ask you a uh, left-field question. Uh-oh, I'm a center fielder, dude. How does my hair look? Does my hair look good? Yeah. I got a haircut recently. It's, uh -huh. uh, it's a pretty good haircut, isn't it? Yeah, I guess. Why? How much would you would you pay for a pretty good haircut? All right, let me tell you what, what I do. 
Okay, I pay a lot for my haircut. You do. Oh my! And gosh. the reason is <clears throat> I can tell yeah. the difference. Yeah. Yeah. If you you know I I go to a barber shop. Yes, you do. That is kind of fancy. Uh huh. And I go to this barber shop, and they, I don't know, they do it in a, a really weird way. They clip yeah. a little bit. Yeah. They snip a little bit. They and then they razor my neck. You know, oh, that's good. That's always good. And and I get a shave every time I go. Do you get do do you put they put stuff in your hair? No, when they I do? refuse product. Do they offer you a beverage? Yes. Did you get a chocolate at the end of? No, the I didn't do chocolate. Okay. How much would you pay for a haircut? I pay fifty bucks for a haircut. Okay. I can beat that. Okay. This that you're looking <laughs> This is an $80 haircut. Now, wait a minute. How did you get an $80 haircut? I walked into a place that had salon in the front. <laughs> and my Salon Dave. It was something salon. <laughs> a very nice person met me at the door. It was like a concierge. They offered me a beverage. I sat down. The young lady asked me what I want. She cut my darn hair. And I walked out to the front. They charged me eighty dollars. Were you a walk-in customer, or we, did you have? We an phoned. We phoned. But how about did you five find minutes this place? Before. We were in the neighborhood. My wife typed in hair salons near me, oh, and it popped up. But here's the it thing: it didn't have the dollar signs and stuff. No <laughs> prices listed okay. on the wall. Yeah. If they had told me this is an eighty-dollar haircut, yeah. Mr. Alexander. I'd have been walking out of there laughing. Okay, but let me tell you something. Is it a better haircut than you usually get? No. Okay. It's not a better haircut. Have you ever had a shave in a barber shop? No. Let me tell you. It's good it's stuff. It's so good. Yeah. We'll talk about it sometime. All right. There is something called the No Surprises Act, which actually has something to do with my haircut. That's why I okay. brought up this no story. No surprises. If you are... Admitted to a hospital and you have treatment, oftentimes you have to pay a certain amount. I mean, you know, co-pays, price out of pocket. You find out the physician is out of network. Mm -hmm. And this No Surprises Act is supposed to shut down on the surprises. Right. Did you have a surprise? Oh, yeah. So my wonderful daughter, Emily, who is an equestrian. Yeah. Rides horses. Fell off a horse, I mean, that was jumping in a crazy way, and she got a spiral fracture of her fibula. What does that mean? It means that the fibula twisted, which is the, the bone on the outside of your ankle, yeah. okay, up to the knee. Yeah. It twisted. Oh, my. And spiral fracture. So it looked like a spiral up the, up the you know, the uh, bone. It, tw- it twisted while yeah. it broke. Yeah, so yeah. it was a great surgeon, uh, Lucas Roman, mm-hmm. uh, Emerge Ortho, highly recommended. Even my ex-wife liked him. That's pretty good. Well, yeah. anyway, so we did some surgery at Johnson Medical Center. How much do you think a one-hour surgery with three hours in, in the hospital with, you know, I mean, a couple screws and plates and stuff. Oh, my gosh. How much do you think they charge? Well, I couldn't do it at home, so I, I'm going to pay somebody yeah. to do it, but I'm going to pay them substantially. $38,000. Good heavens. And so Blue Cross Blue Shield paid 19000 That's They paid. They gave him 19000 19, And they are knocking at my door for another eight k. Yeah. I yeah. just can't believe it. And then, I, you know what I saw the other day on Etsy? What's that? My grandma's hospital bill when she birthed my mom. Oh, my gosh. And there's a little bill. And it says, baby. 
Yeah. $25. Oh, my gosh. I mean, you know what a yes. baby costs now? Oh, sure, I do. Yeah, you know, $30,000. they are very expensive So I children. just don't get it. I just don't get it. Is this because of the regulations? Is this because of all the nurses that they pay $60,000 a year to type on a computer? Right. I don't know, but I can tell you right now, I am calling up the billing department. Yeah, you, are you really? And I'm saying, dude, you got enough. And you want yeah. to take me to court? Have at it. You're a surgeon, and you're telling the surgeon that he's charging too much. No, no, no. The sur- That's the hospital fee. Oh, the hospital fee. Oh, okay. my God. No, the surgeon, um, his fee was, I'm not going to say it. Yeah, but uh, it, was, it was smaller it was, than that. Yeah, it was. No, the surgeon made less than 2000 <clears> Okay. Between 1000 and 2000 Well, that's terrible. The hospital wanted 38 They got 20 19, Yeah. And they went eight more. It's terrible that the surgeon didn't make more of that. No, I don't think so. Maybe I mean, an hour of surgery, and he did a great job. Yeah, but that's pretty cool. Does he that's have the, any hey, idea? That's a heck of a lot more than I've ever made on a procedure. Does all. he have any idea how much he could make if he just cut hair? Uh, a lot. How Eighty many, how bucks. How long did it take your hair? Half cut? hour, maybe twenty minutes. Uh, do you know sing, the original? Sing. The original surgeons were barbers. Yes, they were. You know that's why the barber pole is red and white. Because it's the bandage white and the red blood. Yeah. Yeah. Doctors initially, you know, the Hippocratic Oath, were, you promise not to do surgery. <laughs> really? Serious. Yeah. You'll never cut the stone. Oh, my gosh. I'm kidding. I'm not kidding because the surgeons and uh, were the barbers. Yeah. And the physicians were the thinkers. Right. You know, we couldn't do anything. Yeah. We could think about it. Oh, that's good. Yeah. If you have a surprise um, billing a story. We'd love to hear it. Yeah. 919-860-9783. This is Heart Health Radio. You know you make me want to shout, kick my heels up and shout, throw my hands up and shout, throw my head back and shout. This is Heart Health Radio. Just about the only radio program on the radio where you will hear a promotional announcement reminding you to tune in. An hour ago. Two hours ago. Yeah. Because we're almost done Wait, here. It's almost nine o'clock. Yeah, we're almost nine o'clock. Absolutely. The um, I, we really didn't talk. We were just having let's such do, a let's fun do the time. Omicron. I want to talk about that. You want to talk Omicron? Yeah. Okay. Everybody's panicking. Um, you know, I don't know if you saw Biden's talking. You know what he said? He said we're gonna have a winter of oh. death and destruction. Yes. Uh, you know, I, I don't think that's that's gonna pan out. It may. But let's talk about Omicron. Now, Omicron is more contagious. What does that mean? Mm-hmm. Contagious doesn't mean anything more than it's more easily spread. So that means fewer virus particles uh, can be the source of you getting the infection. Okay. It seems to breed faster. So when it gets in your nose, it replicates 70 times as fast. But here's the thing. In South Africa, where it developed... They're having a huge number of cases, okay? I want to tell you, this is why we got to get away from defining the epidemic, the pandemic, by case number. We got to define it by the number of hospitalizations and the number of deaths. Case numbers don't give you the picture. Right. So in South Africa now, the case numbers are higher than they ever have been. The deaths are not rising significantly. In fact, if you look at, I wish I could show the curve. That's one of the great things about TV. You see this huge upward spike in cases. And then you have the deaths, and they're still 
very small. So I think it's probable. I'm not going to predict because no, you can't predict about this. Right. I think it's probable that we're going to have a lot of Omicron cases. They're going to be mild, I think. And I think we're going to get through this. We should not panic. Yeah. But one of the things that has definitely been shown in South Africa is that if you have your booster, you're much less likely to get sick. And by that, I mean a bad cold. Now, let me tell you a story. Yeah. I have a doctor, very prominent physician that I know, and had exposure, say, eight days before this particular day. And he said, oh, well, let me test myself. Totally asymptomatic. Yeah. Positive. Positive by the rapid uh. test, confirmed by the PCR. So he went home, mm-hmm. closed the practice, and he brought home some rapid tests. And, you know, he, he does the right thing. He, he's got allergies. So he rinses his nose with saline. He uses Flonase. He kept doing it. Yeah. Sunday. So on a Friday, he tested positive. They mm. called him Saturday with a PCR coming back. Sunday, he decided to do a rapid test. Guess what? What? Negative. Negative. He had cleared the virus in two days. Now, could now, it just be an incorrect no. positive? No. No. Three days in a row. Okay. Testing negative. So, this is what I'm trying to say. No, well, that's is what- that you can beat the virus. Super immunity happens. Mm-hmm. And that means that you get this thing in your nose. Yeah. It starts to replicate. And by that, I mean reproduce like a bunny. Yeah. But your immune system comes in and kills the sucker. Mm-hmm. And that's what happened to this physician. Now, never as- never symptomatic, never had anything going on. That's why in the beginning in New York City, when 10% of people died, 10% of cases died in New yes. York City. In the yes, yes. Remember that? I do remember. It was terrible. Anyway, asymptomatic carriers can be a major source of morbidity and mortality. Right. Because they're walking around and don't know it. This guy had it in his nose and didn't know it. But he killed it in two days because right. he was super immune from having had the booster on top of his vaccines. Yeah. So do it. Please don't hesitate. You're not likely, I mean, just extremely unlikely uh-huh. to have a bad outcome from the vaccine. I do understand if you're resistant. I don't think you're stupid in being resistant with all that's been said. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, we can't trust our top scientists anymore because they've been wrong and not admitted they've been wrong. Right. How she said in the beginning, you may not remember this, oh, COVID's not going to hurt the country. That was in February of 2020. Yeah. Wrong. Then he said masks don't help. Well, then he said, well, I lied. I just didn't want you to get the masks from the health care providers. And then he said, we have to have two masks. And then he said, we had to shut down for years. And then he said, blah, 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 blah. He's never said he was wrong. Right. He's never said, I'm sorry. I was wrong about it. You don't even have to apologize. You say, based on the evidence we had at that time, I made the wrong statement. Sure. That's how you trust somebody, when they admit they were wrong and tell you why they were wrong. That's why people don't trust what's going on now with the medical establishment. They talk about, he's science? If you criticize Dr. Fauci, you are anti-science? That is just 
CRP. Isn't it true that through this entire thing, you almost always had one doctor saying one thing yeah. and another doctor saying the right. other? Both of them are science. Right. And that's what science is all about. It is limited knowledge. Okay? I'm sure. a scientist. If you don't believe me, Google, we followed scientific papers. Nature, which is the, you know, the most prestigious journal. Now, this was when I was a fellow at Duke. Yeah. A long time ago. But you don't lose being a scientist. You do. You did pure science. science. As pure as anything that Fauci could say he did. And I looked it up. Fauci's never published a first author paper in the most prestigious journal, Nature. I have. Oh. So what I'm trying to say is I don't like Dr. Fauci. That doesn't mean I'm against science. Right, right. And what I understand is the limits of what science can tell us. Well, that is the time for tonight. No, no. It's been fun. And my anticipation is that next week we will actually be on at our regular time. Which is? See you noon on Saturday. Christmas Day. All right. This is Heart Health Radio.